DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Question of the morning. Is Boise State, and possibly another yet-to-be-named opponent, good enough to prove how good BYU is? Man, you put phrase a question like that, PK, I'm left only with the answer, maybe. I see three or four scenarios uh, playing out here. Uh, the answer, when the answer is yes, then... BYU gets beat by Boise State or said yet-to-be-named opponent, and we find out what their ceiling is, and that proves how good they are. You are this good, but you are not better than that. The, huh? be- the best, Yeah, if they play one of these big games and then get beat, then we know how good they are. Is Boise State, you know, assuming they put that game in on November 7th, where both teams um, have an availability. Uh, under the old or schedule. the 6th, that Friday. Yeah, the 6th on Friday, right. Um, if BYU loses to Boise State, then we know how good they are, right? They're good to beat all these, good enough to beat all these other teams, but against the Broncos, and we kind of see their limits. Sure. If BYU beats Boise State and beats whoever this yet-to-be-named opponent is, and there's multiple possibilities, it's hard to know, would they reschedule Army on Thanksgiving weekend? Both teams are off right now. They want to. Kalani already pointed that out in a press conference. Well, you can look at the schedules and see. Uh, and then you were discussing this earlier this morning, and I think there's some logic to this. If you look at the second week in December, the American Athletic Conference championship game is the first weekend in December. So on the second weekend in December, if there's an AAC team that thinks it's close to getting a New Year's Six Bowl, but they think they're not there yet, they're thinking, hey, this BYU team over here, they're getting votes, they're ranked, they got a glossy record, maybe they're undefeated. Let's beat those guys, and that'll vault us into whatever of the New Year's Six Bowl games. Yes. So maybe there's a chance to add a really good team. You know, that could be a ranked team, an unbeaten is. or once-beaten team on yeah. the second week of December. That's Plus another possibility. Plus you get the cash for it, too. You, right, you exactly. A TV network will pay you to televise it. Yeah. And everybody's trying to fill in the hole in the budget. And even if it doesn't fix everything, at least it backfills a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that would be a couple of games. Now, if BYU wins those games, let's say they beat Boise State, they reschedule an Army, they beat them, they win this game against the uh, AAC, well, maybe that sets up another big game in New Year's. I just think if BYU ends up undefeated, there will still be people hitting us up here on Twitter. We still don't know how good the Cougars are. So when you ask this question, is it good enough? Only if they lose. If they lose... One of these big games, it'll show us, okay, this is how good they were. No, no, no. Again, we're being completely and totally unfair to the Cougars. Because? Because only if you lose, it shows you weren't good enough. But if you win, we still have questions. No matter what BYU does when they win, it's never good enough. And I am going to plant my flag and draw the line in the stand and stand up with my hand over my heart. No, I will no longer tolerate this. BYU, if they run the table, play these teams, that would mean they're a great team. Does it mean they're LSU 15-0? and zero? No. But does it mean that they're a good team and a potentially a great team? Yes. It can't just be, well, if you lose, well, then see, you were a phony. But if you win, no, we still don't know. No, true. you're a hypocrite, and I'm you're- not going to tolerate it. You're twisting your argument while you run out of air, and that is dangerous. I'm framing the argument in the most correct way. <laughs> that benefits you. Yeah, of course. Who doesn't do you, that? The question was how good they are. And if you're not in the Power Five and you don't get access to the playoff, if you go undefeated, then you're left with that question. 
And that doesn't matter if you're and that's the bogus. 2000. I agree, but it's, it's still what you're left with. And it's still the question BYU fans will be asking themselves a decade from now. But no. the 2004 and 2008 youths were undefeated. How good are they? The uh, Oh, forget the, that. No, no, no. Just State go back Broncos. to last year. How good was Utah last year? Well, we know because they lost to Oregon. It, it capped out. This, okay, they're, they're this good because they can win the 11 games and get to the conference title game. But they're not that good because they got handled pretty solidly by the Ducks. I mean, that right, was, but suppose they would have beat Oregon. Well, then would they have gotten in the playoff? I think they would have. And then Maybe, that was, but that's that, but because that's a system. Does that really prove how good they were? If you beat Oregon, then who would you have beaten that would have been all that good? Oregon, that's it. Oregon, well, but, which just lost to ASU, which had lost five games in a row, and we're going to anoint Utah. Yep, this proved it. Absolutely. They're legitimate without question. We know it for sure. But yet BYU, they can play teams and beat them. Well, we, we really don't know. We, we, we just don't know. But, no, but if they lose to them, you suck, and you're a fake and a fraud. Well, Get out of here. Things. That's two different things, and you know it. No, so it's dead if on. You're singular, not, my man. If you're not in the Power Five with access to the playoff, and I think the Utes would have access to the playoff if they'd beaten Oregon, but when you're not, it doesn't matter if you're the Central Florida team, the UCF team that crowned themselves national champs and they're undefeated, but they weren't allowed in the playoff. Uh, Boise State's had a couple of undefeated teams. How good were they? Back. Well, they were really good, but they didn't have access to the, that era. It wouldn't have been the playoff. It would have been the BCS title game. They didn't have access to that. Neither did the U teams. If you go undefeated and you're not in the Power Five, we know you're really good, but could you have taken down School X, whoever another big dog is that year? Or lately Alabama and Clemson because they're the big dogs every year. And we won't know that. Because I don't think there's any scenario where BYU is going to be allowed to play those guys. <laughs> You're judging BYU's greatness on if they could beat Clemson or Alabama? That's what every Cougar fan oh, wants. Every Cougar fan wants a shot at them. How no, good don't. are they? We you know they're be a good. Great team without we know beating those teams. Well, of course they're good. The they're Rams very were good. a great, great team last year. They didn't beat KC. That doesn't mean they weren't a great team. They weren't the best team. Doesn't mean they weren't a great team. Right. How, but it wasn't, it, the question wasn't, are they good? The question is, how good are they? Will it show us how good they're they really are? They're really good. They could That's be. That's what I'm saying. Really good doesn't encompass one team. They could be good. Come on, they Cougar could be, fans, back me up here. They could DJ be good. is trying to dish you, and I am not going to tolerate it. They could be good. They could be very good. Oh, they they could be good. great, but still looming out there. Are they it's the Alabama best. and Clemson? Oh my Are gosh. they the best? Oh, Cougar <laughs> fans want to know that. Are they the Andy, best? If you, it, it, I'm limited to Cougar of fans. They're not the best. If your team's undefeated, you want to take on one more challenge because you think they could clear yeah, the bring next on hurdle. Kansas like, City, then. Yeah. Come we on. want Mahomes. BYU we fans want Mahomes. BYU fans. Just don't call him Pat. His mother gets mad. Right. They're not saying we're the best in the land. Get out of town. That's ridiculous. Oh, my gosh. I need a drink of water. Andy Reid on the visiting sideline at BYU with the Chiefs. All in favor, raise your hands. Come on. Let's see him. I know you want that. All right. I've had my drink of water. (laughs) You've had your drink. Now I'm going to tell you the news. You are, man, those thoughts that came out of your mouth – Cockamamie. <laughs> Malarkey. Every single thing you just said, cockamamie. Cougars, get on our app 
and just prove DJ wrong. It's not about are they the best team? Are they a great team? There's plenty of room for several teams to be great, and this team could be great if it can continue slaughtering people. Are they Clemson, Alabama? Get out of town. Nobody's putting them on there at that level when those teams roll out eight, nine, ten draft picks every year, and then they reload and do it again. Come on. Tonight, this is, you have to settle for uh, BYU. <laughs> this is a situation where things have come together. They've paid the price to be where they are, right? They've played a bunch of young guys early on. They brought in Grime, the Grime Dog, brought in A-Rod, got these coaches that got 40, 50 years of collective coaching experience, and they got them the first year, the second year. Now this is their third year. Everything is together, but it's right now. It's not they got this just national program to just take on all comers, but this year it looks like they've got it to be pretty good. And I think BYU, BYU fans are quite content with having a pretty good program and winning a bunch of games. Well, that is going to happen because they are pretty good and they are going to win a bunch of games. But that yeah. wasn't the question that was posed on social media earlier this morning. What was the question? Is Boise State and maybe yet to be named opponent good enough to prove how good BYU is? The answer is yes. Obviously, they got to win the games. They do. Losing the games will prove it, too. They've got to win the games. But you were saying it only proves it from the negative. I'm saying no. If they win, it also proves it from the positive, that they were really good. This is the thing that – this is a – it's a program that would be like uh, like ASU. It would be in the, in the Pac-12. They're not going to be – 10, 11, 12 wins every year. But can you put together a bunch of young guys and you got a coaching staff there and you move toward a place and you got there? Well, then you got to reload and do it again, right? It's the same thing with Utah. You know, they got, they weren't record wise, they weren't all that incredible. Tyler Huntley's second year and Zach Moss's second year and Julian Blackman and, uh, all these guys who got drafted, Bradley and I and Fotu and all that stuff, well, they all came. They, several of them could have gone to the NFL draft. They didn't. They come back for their senior year, and they have a really good year. Yeah, they got smoked by uh, Oregon, Oregon. In, in the conference final game. We understand that. But they still had a really good team. Now they've got to reload, and we'll see what they can do this year. Although this year, I'm not going to make a whole lot of judgments because it's just a funky year. Even if they play the seven games, I still think it's it's not worthy of a full regular assessment that we would have done in 2018, 2019, and so forth. It's an unusual set of circumstances. But we'll get back to it at some point, whether it's next year or the year after, and then we can get back on the track. But that's what Utah had, right? What, what, were they 7-6 and six that first year? I mean, 7-6 to 9-5. They lost five. four games. Uh, yeah. In a row, and and, and what's his face uh, was it two was it three or four games? Huntley saying this is bleeping embarrassing. Yeah, and, and it was, and and he he told the truth, but he uses an F word, and you can't use that in the uh, in a public setting. So they rebuked him, and I talked to him about it. He said, "Yeah, three three times they brought me in, blah blah blah." All right, well <laughs> nobody thinks any less that he said that. He said that in the moment of uh, frustration, and he got and I was at that game in Oregon, and they got smoked. And he got smoked by a backup quarterback who really never played again. 
if I remember. <laughs> he, that was his one moment. I don't even know what happened to the guy. And it was embarrassing, but they built it. And I think that's what the Cougars have done this year. They've built it, right? They got health so far with Zach. The, the coaches have been together. The offensive line has got all sorts of experience, blah, blah, blah. And here they are, and they're pretty good. We've already decided that, but we want to know how good they are. They might be better than pretty good. They might be very good. They might be great. Mm-hmm. True. I agree. I agree with you. Might be. And the question was, was Boise and a potential unnamed opponent, is that good enough? And if they win those ball games, in my mind, the answer is yes. But it raises another question that Cougar fans will want oh, answered, no, or it'll it be unsatisfying. Uh, that's, that's just the nature of the situation. I agree. The situation. But it doesn't take. The, the, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't really raise any questions that are going to be answered. So why raise them in the first place? Yeah. That I think the situation, the nature of the situation isn't COVID twenty twenty. The nature of the situation is you aren't in the Power Five, so you aren't allowed to play these champions of these other leagues that we recognize as very good. You know, you're a very good team if you get to the top of the SEC or the Big Ten or blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And you don't get a chance to measure yourself against that. So there's another level of, hey, we really got something this year. Okay. And that's the part out at you. That's the a, part that goes unanswered. If there's a close vote between four and five in the playoff, couldn't the five say maybe uh, maybe five and six, four, five, and six? Sometimes there there's a debate, right? Which yeah. team is it going to be? Well, and that team that is fifth, that team that is sixth, they answer the same thing. Well, wait I a second. That's... We beat you, but we lost over here to two other teams. One was just a field goal, but we beat you. So we could have played that way. And that day, Joe Blow was sick or whatever. Yep. All those things. Because I've said many times, you know, I've said this in the Pac-12, it's not only uh, who you play, but when you play them. Because that can make a difference because we don't allow – the Pac-12 really doesn't allow mulligans, so it doesn't allow for a team to get better. You better be damn good from the first second all the way through to the 13th game in order to get in. Well, even in the Power Five, it's not totally fair. There ought to be a word that's eliminated from the language because there's no such thing as fairness. I think the Stanford team that won the Pac-12 but lost twice, and they opened at Northwestern playing a morning game. When Northwest, it was a good year for Northwestern. I remember, I remember. Yeah, I remember. That was of all the Pac-12 champions. I would have liked to really see how that team had performed in a playoff, but they didn't get to go. But that one, I thought they, they were they were playing. What was Stanford doing, man? They they got nine conference games. They got Notre mm-hmm. Dame and a good Northwestern team. Like, holy, the, the SEC teams are t- are challenging themselves depending on the schedule four, yeah. five, or six times a year. Right, and these guys on. are challenging themselves seven, eight, or nine times a year. Right, it's a joke. Yeah. yeah, and then they're playing a ninth conference game, and that's the great thing about if Boise plays BYU because I don't know that people really recognize it. We certainly do, but I view that as a conference game. And I've been to Boise. I've been to Boise plenty of times. And BYU resonates in Boise. So it's a big, big deal. In a lot of respects, playing Boise, the intensity from the the Boise perspective against BYU, and certainly BYU has it against Boise, it's way more intense. Now, I've never been on the blue turf when when Boise has entertained San Jose State. But I'm guessing (laughs) the intensity is not the same as when the Cougars come to town and the fans are there and it's on national... Blah, blah, blah. So it's basically a conference game. BYU essentially has three conference games on their schedule. You know, they've got Utah, Utah State, 
and Boise in that way. And the intensity and the and the meaning of it and the will to win, it just means a little bit more. I would think that when BYU goes up to Boise that it is either the biggest game of the year or the second biggest game of the year. You know, I'd, I don't know. Yeah, I guess it depends if they host the Mountain West Conference title game, which I'm pretty sure right. they did last year. Um you know, it's there are games. Uh, I think Air Force went up there for a pretty big game last year, but there aren't very many. You know, they yeah. they they can't. It's hard for them to get big non-conference games at home. They occasionally they get a Pac-12 team in there, but it doesn't happen a lot. Uh-huh. So BYU going up there is a big deal. And the other thing, and I can tell you this for a fact, having gone to lots of San Diego State games. Oh, tell me up, it for a fact. I love for, when you tell me it for for fact. a fact. <laughs> when you go into the stadium and the visitor brings a big crowd. It amps everything up. It amps everything up. And I've seen it for Major League Baseball. I've seen it for the NFL. I, that's and I've what you're seen it for BYU. For a fact. For a fact. <laughs> and there is no way that anybody in the Mountain West is bringing that many fans into Boise. And so BYU does, and it amps everything up. BYU, BYU fans know that because they've been to all these different places. And when I thought you were going to tell me something for a fact, it was going to be astounding. That wasn't astounding. Well, it was a fact you knew. But it's not a fact. Everybody a fact knows. we all know. Oh. Yak, did you know that? <laughs> I had an idea. Did you really? Yeah. Because Yak had a befuddled look on his face. <laughs> That's wow. normal, though. Oh, oh wow. wow. He's from Utah, hey. he's from wow. Utah County. Ooh, okay. Oh. Take it easy there, bud. <laughs> so that's a Mountain View look is what you're saying. Oh, you want to even get more specific? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I, I don't think the Orem Tigers and the Timview Thunderbirds want to wear that I don't one. like to criticize people, so I didn't want to get that. But they'll agree on Mountain View. Don't forget about Timpanogos Timberwolves over there. <laughs> I'm all, right. all about PG. What's their nickname? The Vikings. The Vikings. The Vikings, the Vikings of Pleasant Grove. Brandon Doman says hello. <laughs> he's, he's coaching there now, PK. Oh yeah, I know. Uh, we, uh, my wife, had a reunion with the uh, with the Doman clan. We've known them very, very well for many years. His parents were at that game. DJ PK, when we come back, everything you missed in today's show, all wrapped up in one neat, tidy segment. We'll tell you all about it next. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. First down and goal to go at the Raven two-yard line. Make a handoff, short roll, throwback, left wide open, Eric Fisher, a tackle eligible, Eric Fisher, the fish, jumps out of the pond and goes into the sweet nectar of the end zone, touchdown, Kansas City. We were hoping they would work, you know, so start with, but it, uh, there's nothing like Monday Night Football, right, so, but that doesn't mean, you know, that you stop that, I'm not saying that, but it's just a good, good time to use it. Chiefs beating the Ravens. That touchdown was the last one of the game. Put it away for Kansas City. They win 34-20. Patrick Mahomes, 385 yards. He throws for four touchdowns. He runs for a fifth. Who can stop Patrick Mahomes, PK? Anybody? Anybody? Uh, An injury, yeah. But uh, other than that, I'm not sure 
Uh, that, 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 that's a great combination of Andy Reid at Biennemi as the OC and Mahomes doing what he does. I actually thought the little shuffle pass to the fullback was cooler than the tackle eligible. We see tackle eligible plays, but I thought the little pitch to the fullback where he just he's on the right side and he just turns around. He doesn't move. He just turns around and Mahomes slings him the ball and then he goes in for the touchdown and I thought that was a cool play and they've really got it going on right now. The thing that I love about Mahomes is that the kid just enjoys playing football. He's out there smiling. I like to see guys having a good time. And I know it's serious and they take it seriously, but I enjoy watching guys having a good time. Tyreek Hill is now in the backfield after shifting. Sprint on action. They shovel it into the sausage. Touchdown! Kansas City! An inside shovel pass. The sausage surprises the Ravens on a five-yard touchdown shovel to the sausage Anthony Sherman. The sausage. Apparently the sausage. (laughs) I don't know if he has any say on that nickname. You usually don't get... A say on your own nickname, but if he does, he'd, he'd probably Well, like ironically, that. that's what they used to call me at ASU. Yeah, great. That's oh, awesome. dear. <laughs> hey, you're the one who played it, Yak. You're the one who stopped the show to play it, so you don't get to be revolted. I mean, you triggered this whole deal. Okay, I'll take it. Because I had my Italian background. No, just move along. I, had a go- I tweeted out the... Uh, uh, that Stugatz, and I, I tweeted, I wonder if people know that that's an Italian slang, which stood for vulgarity or the way I learned it. And not Stugatz is not a real name. And the guy, guy tweets back me, oh, yeah, uh, like you had any idea, you had to look it up. Yeah, you're right. My grandfather didn't come over from Italy. My entire family <laughs> and my mother, of one of ten children, they didn't speak Italian in uh, West Orange when I was growing up. So I had no idea about any of that stuff, buddy. <laughs> the stuff that people assume to be true. It just, it just cracks you up. Yep. All sorts of assumptions out there. You can't possibly know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, my, fa- my grandfather's first language wasn't Italian. Even until uh, he died in his 90s. He died at my cousin's uh, wedding reception. How about that? That would that kind of wreck things. Yeah, he had the. It's when he collapsed, so he didn't literally die. But still, there takes the edge that, off the party. That day he did. Yeah, that night I should say, went back for the funeral. Well, the Chiefs are three and zero. We got a poll question up. Uh, you can you can uh, go to go vote at David D J James. Uh, they're three and zero. They lost to the Patriots and Brady in an AFC title game in overtime. Then they won the Super Bowl. Now they've started 3-0. This is coming up on two and a half years of the Chiefs just being awesome. Right now, people are saying the biggest threat is the Bills getting 40% of the votes. The Steelers, 27. Other 25, because it could be, you know, maybe you think the Ravens do better if they got a second shot, or the Raiders, or the Patriots, or, you know, on down the line. Yeah, the postseason is a long way It away, is a man. long way away. And so, so many things could happen. I'm wondering among BYU fans, what's the passion for the Chiefs? Because you got, obviously, Andy Reid, and you yeah. got Sorensen. Anybody else? Am I missing anybody? I think the, com- uh, the combination of that with the fact that, you know, they're not on some 6-10 and 10 team. You know, they're on the Super Bowl champs, and they're entertaining. They're exciting. 
You know, it's Mahomes is a ton of fun to watch, but he's surrounded by a bunch of skill players who are a ton of fun to watch too. Right, but I, but th- that's all well and good, but without Reed and Sorensen, then there's that no matters. Link. Right. So I'm wondering what if you polled BYU fans right are they, now are they more into the Chiefs or are they more into the Saints and Taysom Hill? Good question. Thank you. And, and Hill, Hill, you know, it's not his time hasn't come yet. I'm excited if he gets his time, whether that's uh, next year or whatever. Yeah, because Taysom Hill was certainly a favorite son. But Andy Reid is your legendary football coach. And I realize Billick won a title, but I don't think Billick was ever LDS, whereas Andy is. And so what does that mean? You know, we know that the Steve Younger was great, and, and Philly seemed to have a lot of BYU connections when Andy coached there, but that's gone. So how jacked are they? Do they take a personal investment in Andy Reid? Keep talking. I'm putting it up as a question. We'll get some votes on if, this. I don't know. I have really, I have Is no idea. Is there another idea. team we should put up there besides the Saints and Hill, the Chiefs and Reid? Is there someone else? Yak. Well, Van Noy. Somebody who KVN's probably on there, but at the same time, Van Noy's out was has always been outspoken, and he had no problem criticizing. He's criticized the honor code and the old guy who runs it. I think he's criticized BYU's program. He calls him Brigham. Some people view that. There's actually one uh, other PK that I would think of. Who? Jamal Williams. You want to go Packers? Well, I think a lot of Jamal, BYU fans. Yeah, Jamal is just all sorts of colorful, yes. went through a bunch of crap, stuck it out, never bailed. His mother's a hardcore Comes back cougar, all the time. He's active on uh, social media. So I think they take a certain pride in that. Okay, so I'll go Saints Hill, Chiefs Reed, Packers Williams, other. Is that good? It's got to be more than that. you got Fred Warner with the Niners and Ziggy now there as well. Yeah, Fred is is really making a name for himself. Team he keeps captain. getting better and better. Yeah. Uh, they need more, man. 49ers, Warner Ansa. The ghost of Steve Young and Tom Homo and Twin. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> I don't so have you, that many characters. But also, you're right. There, there's there's a lot of connections. The Oats played there as well. There's a bunch. Because I'm Niners. wondering if you if you were a got excited about the Niners because of Steve Young, which I don't have any problem with. Could then, after he left, did you just turn it off completely and just moved on? Or maybe, especially, you know, depending on where you came from, you might have been a fan of another team, and maybe the connection, you want to see them do well, but that still isn't where your passion is. You know, right. your per- right. your passion might be with the fill-in-the-blank colors of whatever the Steelers might be or whomever it might be, the Packers or whatever. All right, well, we put it up there, BYU fans, and uh, you, can, you can go after it. It's up, uh, the, the poll's up on Twitter at David DJ James. Uh, the other NFL news, Nick Foles, the Bears' starting quarterback. Has there ever been a guy who's had this much success but had a problem locking down a team and a job? I mean, Foles is on his third team. He won a Super Bowl coming off the bench in Philly. It never clicked uh, in Tannehill? Miami. Tannehill's on his uh, – how many teams is Tannehill on? Third? Second. But see, Tannehill's you know, locked down the job. He did, but it took a while. Yeah. Did he did he lock down the job, or did Mariota, would they just give up on him? Now, he's locked it down now, right? but did he lock down the job at the time? Yeah, I think that 
he locked it down because they, they were moving on from Mariota. So that part is true. But if he hadn't played well, it wouldn't be him. Well, yeah, but you could say that so about everybody. He had to lock it down. Well. Now, I don't know that Foles has locked down Chicago. You know, in another month, are they going to be going in another direction? What I don't, I don't know where this is going. Whereas it feels like Ryan Tannehill is the guy in Tennessee now. No, it's funny that if if, if a, a certain player gets is a quarterback and they move him the receiver, there tends to be racial t- overtones. Tannehill in college has actually moved the receiver, and, and he got back. back to quarterback. Yeah. That's the rare story. Yeah, it really is. And he's Caucasian, obviously. It doesn't doesn't play well. There's no narrative there that, that you can extend. Uh, Foles is the answer to a trivia question. The only University of Arizona quarterback ever to be drafted. That explains the whole not going to the Rose Bowl thing. Get some NFL quarterbacks. That'll... That is a beautiful streak. You know, when that streak <laughs> ends, I will be sad. Sounds about right. Because we've always got that. (laughs) You always got that to throw in their face. (laughs) Yes, and that, (laughs) there's two things I want to have happen every year. (laughs) ASU goes to the Rose Bowl, U of A doesn't. (laughs) Well, you're not worried about U of A winning the conference this year. Literally no one considering that. That's correct. College football news, uh, USC transfer, quarterback JT Daniels. The future looked bright for him at USC, briefly. And now he's cleared to play at Georgia. They won their opener against Arkansas without him. But they got Auburn this week. That's a big game. Auburn sits right on the state line, so they're not very far apart at all. I think it's Saturday night, isn't it? Prime time? I would assume it Correct, is. It I is. haven't looked, but that game you would think in a year like this, you'd be grabbing that game as fast as possible. Yeah, I think it is. I think I saw that being advertised already. Uh, JT Daniels, that's just crazy. That, that is the definition of sports you never really know. I mean, he gets hurt early. Slovis, who wasn't all that highly recruited coming out of the Phoenix area, and now, man, he's looking like freaking Joe Montana with his accuracy and, and uh, looking like he's going to be uh, next year. They're going to ask the question, is he going to come back or is he going to just prepare for the draft? <laughs> because if he follows it up, man, I mean, he was sensational as a, as a first-year freshman, not as a redshirt. And then the next thing you know, JT Daniels is in Georgia. Wow, what a turn of events that is. That's a 5:30 game on ESPN, Auburn and Georgia, so you can check him out. Uh, a couple big SEC games because Alabama's playing Texas A&M. That's, that's the CBS game this week. Have you seen the point spread for the BYU game? Against uh, La Tech? Yeah. I haven't, but I, my guess is that it would be like in the nineteen twenty range. Twenty three and a half. BYU opened at twenty two, jumped to twenty five, and has come back down since. <laughs> Tracking it. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, I mean, day. based on these two games uh, and the offense being prolific, and uh, LaTeX's defense not being this not being good, curtain, doesn't look good. So I'm figuring, uh, you know, in my mind, the first thing that jumped out at me was a three-touchdown advantage. La Tech is 2-0, but 31-30 over Southern Miss and 66-38 over Houston Baptist. So they're giving up 34 points a game. That's a lot of points. Yeah, and the Southern Miss, you know, they were down 17, and the, the, they had to come back, obviously, to win 31-30. last-second win was very impressive. Uh, but, uh, you know, giving up 400 passing yards. 
Uh, we're gonna have uh, are we gonna have on Skip Holtz tomorrow? We are. He's the coach of Law Tech, obviously. He's been there for nine years, crazy enough. Yeah, he has. Yeah. Uh, one other thing we talked about, Doc Rivers, uh, they're describing it as a mutual decision with the Clippers. If I were an NBA team that were in the bottom third of the league, I would get Doc Rivers in a heartbeat. It is worth a lot of money to get from the bottom third to the top half. And, uh, you know, Rivers has had really good teams in Boston. Uh, the Clippers, depending on the year, they, they've had pretty good talent there most of the time. Uh, but they, were, they didn't have great talent a year ago as they started to clear the roster. So they still had pretty good results. And when he was in Orlando, he had a team that didn't look very good, and he got him to the playoffs. I, w- I would think somebody ought to, ought to strike pretty quickly here. Although most of the teams that have job opens, uh, jobs open right now are not lower-level teams. There's a lot of teams that are unhappy with how quickly they went out in the playoffs who are changing coaches. Philadelphia, Houston? Right. Playoff team, playoff team. Indiana, playoff team. Um, oh, you said not. Okay, right. I yeah, you. I think where Doc is. Okay, a, okay. I mean, you, I you know, you can have your opinion, and, and a playoff team may want him or they may not. But I don't see where there's any discussion. If you're in the bottom half of the league trying to get to the top half of the league, Doc's going to do that, a hundred percent. So I would think one of those teams should strike quickly because a playoff team might come after him, and at that point you're going to be at a disadvantage. He's like, why do I want to rebuild when I got a playoff team over here? So if I, you know, had a team that was bad. I'd go get him. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80, The Zone. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Let's go. The Big Show. It's a big deal. With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Former BYU quarterback Tanner Mangum. I wish I could see this BYU team against his normal schedule. His schedule that I had at the beginning of the year was looking obviously very daunting. But the way that they're looking right now, they're sharp in rhythm. Their defense is stout. Overall, they're clicking in all cylinders of the game. I think it's a tribute to this coaching staff and these players now, who most of them are upperclassmen. They've got three years now with Coach Grimes, Coach Roderick, more experience now with Coach Tuiaki on the defensive side, and things are going. And so I wish, I really wish I could see how BYU stacks up against Utah, Michigan State, Arizona State, Boise State. It'll be fun to watch. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's time for your feedback right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, put the poll question up. BYU fans, who's your favorite NFL team? Chiefs and Andy Reid leading the way with 38% of the vote. The Saints and Hill with 31%. The Niners getting 21% of the vote. They got Warner, they got Ziggy Ansah, and they just have the tradition and history. People who got on board with that, uh, that team in the Steve Young era. Packers up the track a little bit with just 10% of the votes. So. Uh, also, uh, 40% of you are seeing the Bills as the biggest threat to the Chiefs in the AFC. So that seems to be the runaway there. Um, we get a lot of suggestions because they put four teams up because that's all that's alli- allowed. And uh, Sorensen's name made it too long to fit in. On the, and a lot of people are like, don't forget Sorensen. Don't forget Sorensen. So he's, he's getting some love, PK. Yeah, don't forget Sorensen. That's always been my motto. Dolphins, Van Oy, come on. <laughs> okay. Tyler's disgusted. I didn't have a fifth option. Uh, Tricky T, Tricky Tanner says, none of them. Hashtag fly, Eagles, fly. See, he got hooked on it with Andy Reid and Chad Lewis. And now look at Reno Mahe. Reno, that's right. Good call. 
uh, Justin Anna. See? Let's go back far enough, Vaisikahema. Oh, you go back uh, far enough, you got Vince Polapali. There you go. That's a good movie. <laughs> Question of the day is Boise State, and maybe a yet-to-be-named opponent good enough to prove how good BYU is. And the dude says, well, that depends on how good Boise State is. If the mediocre mediocre this year, then the win doesn't carry the same weight. So no, what is Boise, your yeah. definition of mediocre? Yeah, Bo- Boise might, might be mediocre by Boise standards. I still think they'll be good in the Mountain West. They lose four out of five offensive linemen, and I think all of their defensive linemen are gone. But obviously they got uh, old uh, Hank taken to the bank with Hank, quarterback. What's his last name? Bachmeyer? Uh, yep, so Hank Bachmeyer. They, they got that going on. They Actually, they played three quarterbacks last year, if I remember correctly. I think you're right. Chase Cord and one other one, yeah. Yeah, the, the Cord kid, another Phoenix kid. Uh, and so... Uh, they've got some depth there like BYU does. They have been losing two or three games a year for a while now. Their last one loss season was their first year in the Mountain West with Chris Peterson. But there's still a lot of double they've the double last digit year. Yeah, it was two. That was and that was their best year under uh, Harson. Uh his first year they were twelve and two and then he turned around with another twelve and two last year. But I like this one more because it was all his own guys as opposed to taken over Peterson's team. But he's mm-hmm. been double-digit wins five times in six years. That's so pretty good. That's awfully good. The, the bad year is 9-4, and four, and that's yeah. the bad year. Right. All right, DJ and PK, we're out of time. Hans and Scotty are coming up next. We'll see you tomorrow.